One month ago tomorrow, on February 6th, a powerful 7.8 magnitude, hur uh, not hurricane, <laughs> earthquake uh, hit Southeast Turkey and Northeast Syria, and it was devastating. The death toll is now over 50,000 people and continues to rise. Tens of thousands uh, were injured and hundreds of thousands have been displaced. And the loss of life is just heartbreaking, especially for our friends uh, Mildred and Nascal who live in Turkey. They themselves have lived through earthquakes in Turkey, a very traumatizing experience especially when so many of the residents and cities live in high-rises that are not probably built very sound. But they have friends and colleagues that have suffered from this most recent earthquake. And I would encourage you to pray for them. Pray for those that they minister to. Earthquakes, I'm learning just because I did the Google, uh, are much more common than you might think. Earthquakes EarthquakeTrack.com. Did you know that was a website? Now you do. EarthquakeTrack.com reports that yesterday there was a 6.9 earthquake in the Kermatic Islands of New Zealand. That was just yesterday. Here's a slide. As of 6.50 a.m. this morning, here are today's earthquakes. One in Kansas, Alaska, Hawaii, California, the Dominican Republic, where Alfredo and Eliana are right now. Um, there they have listed over on the right. Now that was at 650, so there's actually been another one since then. I checked right before I came out. Didn't have time to update the slide. Uh, did you know that there were three earthquakes in Georgia last month? There were 22 earthquakes in Georgia over the last 365 days. And it's estimated that there are 500,000 detectable earthquakes in the world each year, with many not able to be detected because of location or magnitude. The world is shaking. You thought you were standing on solid ground. It's shaking all over the place. And it's not just geological. We're experiencing cultural and sociological and political and institutional shaking. We feel it and we see it all around us. From economic uncertainty and moral decline, from mass shootings and climate change and disease and pandemics and poverty and crime and violence and anarchy, Nations and cities and institutions and families and marriages and children are all vulnerable. And many are being tossed around by things that are beyond their control. Surprised by the unsettled nature of our planet, even more surprised by the unsettled nature of their lives. With that in mind, we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. We've been in the chapter 12 of Hebrews for a few weeks, and we're continuing that look. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns 
from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The voice that shook the earth that the Hebrew writer is discussing is the voice of God. And it was out Mount Sinai. We looked at that last week. You can see it in the earlier verses, verses 18 through 24, where they came to a very terrifying experience and encounter with a holy God. And because they were not holy, it was scary. The mountain was burning. It was a tempest. It was a darkness. It was a cloud. There was fire. There was shaking. And there was tremendous amounts of fear on the part of even God's people. The ground shook, and so did they. When the writer of Hebrews says, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, he is no doubt talking about the day of the Lord's return. That's probably pretty clear to most of us. He is talking about yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens above, and he is going to deal with the rebellion that has been a part of his creation, those that rebelled and those who refused his gracious gift of salvation. He will judge. But I also think that there's other things he's talking about in these verses. I think that he's talking about, oh, you might call them the smaller shakings that happen in our life the smaller shakings that a fallen creation experiences, that we all experience. We're all shaky at moments, things that are unsteady, unnerving. And he's connecting these verses even to those small shakings in our lives. He's also tying it back to something God said to his prophet Haggai 600 years before the book of Hebrews was even written. This is what God said to Haggai in Haggai 2.21. Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and the riders. Now, if he were writing this today, it would probably not be chariots and riders. It would probably be nuclear arms, jets and tanks, and armed drones, and spy balloons, I guess. He would probably use those things that nations and groups of people that dominate others, that want domination in their area, that they use weaponry, and they use force and might to get what they want. But we recognize that shaking is a common theme in the Bible. It's a light motif, which is a recurring theme in any musical or literary composition. It's, it's, a, it's a regular theme, whether you're seeing it in Exodus at Mount Sinai or all the way to the resurrection of Jesus, when, when he rose from the dead, the earth shook and tombs were opened. And even dead people came back alive. The earth shaking seems to be common in the Bible. It's a normal theme. You see it throughout. We see a lot of earthquakes. 
A lot of shaking. The earth is reeling at God's voice anytime he speaks. The nations are trembling and quaking anytime he appears. And though some enlightened thinkers in our day will tell us, there's nothing we can't do if we just put our minds to it. A more reasonable assessment is that despite our human progress, we can't fix the problems of evil and hopelessness and sin and death. We can't even fix ourselves. We need a savior. We need a new kingdom. We need a new way of going about things because we're broken. The world we live in is broken. The systems and institutions and even good things are broken. We need the Lord. Look back at Hebrews 12, verse 27. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. And therefore... Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. You know, ultimately the shaking that we experience is to remove that which is sinful, that which is imperfect, that which is anti-God. It's to remove the things that have weighed us down. That is certainly goes for the created world in which we live. But it also goes for those things that we make in our lives, the things we pick up along the way that need to be removed. The sin that we carry around that needs to be crucified. The idols that we make in our life that need to be destroyed the clutter that we gather up along the way that needs to be dumped. We need a good shaking so that what can be shaken will be shaken in order that what is unshakable might remain. God's unshakable kingdom is not only what purges us of those things, It's what enables us to live lives that are steady in the midst of a shaky world. His kingdom not only declutters our lives and and gets rid of the sin that's in our life and removes the, the idols that are in our lives, it also enables us to stand firm when everything else around us is giving way. David said in Psalm 96, 10, when the Lord is king... The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. What a promise that when God is ruling and reigning in your life, he stabilizes you. He steadies you. He establishes you. He makes you sure-footed. He makes you steadfast. You become rock solid in the midst of shaky ground. David spoke of this often in his writings in the Psalms. Like when he wrote in Psalm 16, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be shaken. 
another great promise. And also in Psalm 55, verse 22, he instructs, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Even though our world is spinning out of control, we live in a place that is firmly established when he is our king. And when we cast our burdens onto him, when we remain at his right hand and we submit to his rule and lordship in our lives, then we are not shaken. And in a world that is shaky, people need to see someone who doesn't get shaken. You know, it reminds me of Peter and John in the book of Acts, Acts 4, one of my favorite stories. I, I tell it as often as I can, you know this. They've gone to the temple to pray and there's a lame man that is along the path and he's begging, he's been doing that for decades. And, and Peter and John look at him and they say, we don't have anything silver or gold to give you. But what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they grab the man by the arms and yank him up and strength comes to his legs and he is now healed. And he starts dancing around. And can you imagine it drew a crowd? People are like, what's happening? What's going on? What's happening? This man, he was just, what, what? This all caused a commotion and the religious leaders didn't like what they saw or what they heard. And so they threatened Peter and John and they told them to stop speaking and teaching the name of Jesus. You know, they couldn't do that. <laughs> they said, don't do this. And they said, stop, I don't think so. We can't help but speak about what we have seen and what we have heard you tell us, religious leaders of the temple, those who say they represent God, is it more permissible for us to listen to you or to listen to him? I think we'll obey God. And so these befuddled leaders are shocked. They're in scared mode also because all these people are gathered around and if they, if they hurt Peter and John who've done this great miracle in the name of Jesus, surely the crowds will rise up against them. And so they sternly tell them, don't you dare talk about Jesus anymore. And off they went and Peter and John returned to their fellow disciples and they started praying. And in that place, they were praying for boldness. And the Bible says where they started praying began to shake. The very room began to shake. You know, come to think of it, Jerusalem's had a lot of shaking the last several weeks. At least from that time, in the day of Pentecost, in the day that Jesus rose from the dead, there's been a whole lot of earthquaking going on in Jerusalem in these months. And it shakes again. And they are strengthened with boldness. The earth was literally buckling under their feet, but they weren't buckling. They were standing firm. They were praising God and they chose to go out from that place speaking boldly the message and gospel of Jesus Christ. Tim Keller says that earthquakes in the Bible show that whenever God comes down, nothing on earth can bear him. An earthquake is the result 
of a greater substance colliding with the lesser one. So even though the place where they were praying was shaken, the disciples were not. That's the transcendent power of the unshakable kingdom that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. This is the kingdom that we have received. The kingdom that is unshakable, that will always remain. That though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, and though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, still we will not fear. For God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. The early disciples knew the source of their faith. It wasn't a government agency. It wasn't the religious leaders enacting or validating what they were doing. It wasn't personal achievement or man-made success. They served the one who ordained the earthquake the one who gave them their very breath, the one who shook the room when they prayed, and the one who gave them boldness to go out and declare his name. And in the midst of a shaken world, they remained steadfast and changed the world. They remained steady, filled with the Holy Spirit, and speaking boldly the name of Jesus wherever they went. The same power that filled those disciples on that day is available to us to fill us in the same way. The same power that filled them, allowing them to defy religious leaders, is available to all who would ask and believe. Let's not refuse the Lord Jesus who is speaking. That's how the Hebrew writer first started. Don't refuse the one who's talking right now. How many times we hear him talking, we see it in his word, we hear, we hear in our own heart, we hear a, a yearning for something more than this pathetic, mealy mouth kind of Christianity, but we just ignore the one who's speaking. He's talking loud. Don't refuse him. Are you shaky this morning? Do you have things in your life that need to be shaken? Do you have things in your life that need to be removed? Are there uncertainties in your life? Instabilities surrounding you. Things that make you unsteady, that unnerve you. Things that don't go the way that you wanted them to go. Don't refuse the one who is speaking. Don't refuse. Even in the shaking and those things that would be removed, they need to be removed so that you can receive that which remains. The unshakable kingdom of God. The world may quake under our feet, but we don't have to. We serve a God who doesn't shake, who doesn't quake, and who doesn't fear, for he is never changing. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And we can be kept in perfect peace with our minds stayed on him regardless of what's happening around. Trusting him forever, for the Lord our God is an everlasting rock. And so as the writer of Hebrews concludes this chapter, I conclude my sermon. Let us therefore be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, 
let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Donna's going to come and join me. This morning, we're going to gather at the Lord's table. I'd like to ask those that will be helping us by serving communion to come and gather uh, the trays with the bread and also the cup and then get in their places. When we gather as a church community at the Lord's table, you can go ahead and come. Yeah. They're coming. They were slightly hesitant. Great. When we gather, I want to say a few things to you. This is not Covenant Life Church's table. This is the Lord Jesus' table. And so if you belong to Jesus, then you belong at this table. We are here to remember his sacrifice for us. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you are welcome to gather at the table. What we like to do is to gather in groups of six, eight, ten. There have been more. <laughs> but just circle around these couples that are serving communion today. Uh, and in that place, they will serve you the bread and then the cup. You'll receive those elements and then they'll pray for you. And then you can return to your seat and another group can come up. As people are being ministered to here. If you want to remain in your seat or you can even line up in the rows if you want to respectfully do that and wait for your turn, that would be great. But we want to do this in a way that is serving to the Lord and also caring for one another. Now, if you're here new and you're here alone, maybe, uh, don't be surprised if somebody just grabs you and says, come on, come go with us because we're going to do this together. Okay? So I'm going to have Donna share her thoughts and we're going to pray for you and then we'll pray for the bread and for the wine. I thought the, the piece about that it's for the removal of things that they are shaken. It isn't just to throw you all about. It's to remove the things that can be shaken so that the stuff that can't be shaken, you identify it. Because if it's left, it's good. And if it left, it's not. <laughs> so it made me think of a passage in Romans 8, which is probably where I will be praying for us. But this is talking about creation, but not just the world and all that goes along with that, but we are part of God's creation. And it says that the creation was subjected to frustration, not for the sake of frustration, but in the hope that it would be liberated from its bondage to death and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. If you aren't just shaken, you've already fallen over today. <laughs> the good news is what is left will be unshakable. And the purpose of it is not to frustrate you. God does not rob us. We know who does that. That's right. God does not disrupt us because he's big and he can. When he topples the things in our lives, right. it is always in the hope that we will receive his freedom from death and decay and enter the glorious freedom of the children of God. Yes, amen. 
So let's pray together. John is going to pray for us, and then I'll pray for the cup, I mean, for the bread and for the cup, and then we'll come. Awesome. Father, thank you for such a strong and delivering word. It's not scary when you say it, because what you're promising is the freedom of fear. God, I ask that you would touch the places in our lives that feel shaken. Yes, Lord. That you would speak to our hearts about whatever it is we think we're holding on to to keep from falling over. And we would receive your perspective about it. Whether it's practical things, circumstances that we're hoping in, or what James prayed earlier, the things we're just trying to control, um, getting it our way on our timetable, the things that make us feel good, those things can be shaken. And we invite you to shake them, Father. Yes, Lord. Because we want to be set free from the bondage of death and decay and the things that come from our own ways. And we want to receive the freedom, the glorious freedom yes, we do, Lord. of being children of God. Yes, Jesus. So thank you for being a good father to us, for shaking and removing the things that need to go and highlighting for us in ways we can't miss the things that you want to remain. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the unshakable kingdom that you have that you have made for us and invited us into, and you even said you're giving it to us, that we're receiving something that cannot be shaken. On the night that you were betrayed, you took bread. When you had given thanks, you broke it. And you said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, you took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then you said, we should examine ourselves. You had Paul tell us, let each person examine himself then. And so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. So Lord, we take this moment right now. And we examine our hearts. Lord, if there is anything that is standing in the way of fellowship with you, if there's unforgiveness, if there is an attitude in us that keeps us from fellowshipping you and one another, those that are in Christ Jesus, we repent of those things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yes. We discard them, Lord. 
We pray that you would bring your Holy Spirit in to bring any conviction and any clarity about what we must do to get those things straight. Lord, we discern one another. When it said discerning the body, it's the body of Jesus, which is the people. We hear your body. So we discern those that are weaker and stronger among us, those that are older and younger, those that are male and female, couples and singles, young and old. Lord, may we be those that edify and build up the body of Jesus Christ. We come now to your table in remembrance of you and ask that you will do a new work in us. In Jesus' name, amen.